The following program is based on research found online and in local literature. Some events have been exaggerated for the purpose of entertainment. Welcome to Tales from South Florida. I'm your host, Bill Monty. Shakespeare once wrote, There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. On this episode, we visit two South Florida landmarks that may just prove old Bill Shakespeare correct as we explore haunted South Florida. The young couple stepped into the lobby of the Biltmore Hotel in Coral Gables, Florida. Returning from a day of sun, sand, and surf on Miami Beach, they looked to relax in their room and then go back out for an evening of dining and dancing. The two clerks at the front desk waved to them as they strolled past. Afternoon, sir. Have a nice day? Yes, yes, very good. Thank you. The couple walked to the elevator. As they entered, he pressed the number four for their floor. It really was a wonderful day, John, wasn't it? sure was, Olivia, and tonight's going to be even more fun. (laughs) Can't wait. I just need to relax a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm tired, too. The needle on the floor indicator began to rise. Two, three, four, five, six. John, it didn't stop on our floor. I know. I see that. Damn thing must be broken. Seven, eight. John, I'm pressing the buttons. What more do you want me to do? Nine. 10, 11, John, 12, 13. The elevator stopped. The door opened up to a dark room. Even though it was afternoon, no light came in through the windows. Uh, Hello? Hello? Olivia, what are you doing? There's no one out there. It's an empty room. I thought I heard someone. Didn't you hear any voices? No, I didn't hear anything. Olivia. You didn't hear that? No. (laughs) Hello? The woman stepped out into the room. The elevator door behind her shut quickly, and the elevator descended back to the lobby, leaving her stranded alone on a dark 13th floor. As the door opened in the lobby, the man ran out to the desk. Help me! Help! You, you must help my, 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 my wife. She's in the elevator. It, it didn't stop on our floor. It, it went. What's, what's wrong, sir? What, how can we help you? My wife. She's stranded up on the 13th floor. That's not possible, sir. You, you need a key to get to the 13th floor. What do you think? I'm crazy? I'm telling you. The elevator didn't stop on the 4th floor. It went all the way to the 13th. My wife stepped out of the elevator. The door closed and brought me back down here. Now, are you going to help me or not? Yes, sir. Philip. Philip, grab the key from that drawer, will you? We're going to go right after her, sir. There's nothing to worry about. The younger clerk brought the key over and handed it to the older man. The three men walked to the elevator and got in. The key was inserted and turned to the right, and the 13th floor button was pressed. Moments later, they arrived on the 13th floor. The door opened, and there the woman stood, obviously frightened. John, what? Thank God you're back. Are you all right? I'm fine. It's just, sir, ma'am, if you could just come back into the elevator, we'll get you back to your room. All right. There's nothing to worry about. Everything's okay. I I heard voices and there was some laughter. Someone touched me on on my shoulder here. 
And the smell of cigar smoke? The younger clerk sniffed. Yeah, I smell cigar smoke too. The older clerk gave them a stern look. Folks, if we can all just get back into the elevator, we can just go ahead and, and get you back to your room. At the fourth floor, the couple got out, but not before the man turned around. We'll be checking out in a little while. Sir, that's not necessary. Everything's fine. We'll be checking out in a little while. We'll see you at the desk, sir. The door closed. Whew. What was that all about? You're new here, aren't you, Philip? Yeah, I've been here about a month. Yeah, these things happen sometimes. What do you mean? The elevator door opened. The two clerks walked out back to the front desk, greeting guests along the way. Welcome back. Hope you had a good day. Hello, my friends. Bill Monty here. Well, what did you think of our little story there? <laughs> All right. We might have gone a little overboard with dramatic license. However, I am assured that the story and the events actually happened. The Biltmore Hotel was constructed in 1926. It was the crown jewel of hotels in Florida. The rich, the famous, and the infamous all stayed here. The famous included politicians, movie stars, and the infamous included people like Al Capone and another mobster named Thomas Fatty Walsh. Thomas Fatty Walsh was a contemporary of Arnold Rothstein of the Chicago Black Sox fame and Lucky Luciano. He did love the Biltmore Hotel almost as much as he loved a good Cuban cigar and women. Now, rumor has it that back in the day on the 13th floor, there was a gambling casino. And most times when he was in town, Thomas Walsh could be found in that casino. It's actually where he met his end. He was shot to death there in 1929. No one was ever convicted of that crime. And it was soon after that people started reporting some odd goings on at the Biltmore. The couple in our story, although they might not have been named John and Olivia, were certainly not the first people to report being taken to the 13th floor, even though they had pressed another number in the elevator. Staff and guests have all reported it, and they always talk about the smell of cigar smoke. Other guests have reported objects being moved, lampshades being stolen. I don't know what you would do with a lampshade in the spirit world. Some guests have reported the word boo being written on a fogged up mirror in the bathroom. I guess you're never alone at the Biltmore, even in the bathrooms. Cover up, people. And it seems that Thomas Fatty Walsh might not be the only haunt they have at that hotel. Other guests have reported a woman in white sitting on the edge of the bed when they wake up in the middle of the night. Supposedly, this is the spirit of a woman who leapt to her death from the main tower of the Biltmore Hotel. In the ballroom, people have reported seeing a couple appear out of nowhere. They waltz across the dance floor and then vanish as suddenly as they appeared. During World War II, the Biltmore Hotel was converted to a hospital for soldiers. Apparently, some of the soldiers didn't recover and they never left. Because some guests have reported seeing men in hospital gowns. Lord, I hope it's not the kind where the back is open. That is not a way to go through eternity. But they see the men in these hospital gowns who, once they realize they've been seen, vanish. Paranormal investigators have been there. Supposedly, at one seance, Fatty Walsh came through and spoke through one of the investigators, explaining how and why he died. You can check it out yourself, you know. Biltmore Hotel is open for business. If you want to come down to South Florida and have a different kind of stay, well, book a room at the Biltmore. And then give me a call and let me know what happens. We'll be right back, I hope. 
My friends, we would love to hear some of your tales from South Florida. You can write to us at billmonte04 at gmail.com or give us a call at 754-800-3170. Leave a voicemail and your tales and experience might end up on a future episode. We look forward to hearing from you. And now, back to the program. Let's continue our tour of Haunted South Florida. By getting on 95 and driving a few miles north up to Broward County, heading east to Las Olas Boulevard in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and walking on over to the Stranahan House. The Stranahan House, popular destination for school groups and tourists and locals who want to learn a little bit more about the history of Fort Lauderdale. It was built around the turn of the century, that's the last century, not the current one, by Frank Stranahan, come down to work as a ferryman on his cousin's ferry and got involved with the business and soon became one of the most successful businessmen in what was then called the New River Settlement. A few years later, he met Ivy Julia Cromarty, a school teacher who'd come up from Dade County just like we just did. They fell in love and they got married. Frank built the Stranahan house on the site it's on now, sits on a tunnel, the only tunnel in Florida, by the way. But back then, it was just a lot of wilderness around the house, sitting right on the New River. Must have been beautiful. There are six spirits known to haunt the Stranahan house. The first is of a young Seminole Indian girl. She had come over to see Mrs. Stranahan, collapsed at the door, and died. Her spirit is said to be happy-go-lucky, likes to pull pranks, especially likes the candy, which she takes and places up in the attic, where it is found uneaten in a little pile. The next person to pass away in the Stranahan house was Frank Stranahan himself. In 1926, Florida's land boom collapsed. Frank suffered devastating economic setbacks that were worsened by two hurricanes. He became despondent with the knowledge that not only was he financially ruined, but friends who had invested with him were as well. On May 22, 1929, depressed and in failing health, Frank committed suicide by tying an iron gate to his ankles and drowning in the New River in front of his home. And with that one fateful act, Frank Stranahan became the second of the six spirits which haunt the Stranahan house in Fort Lauderdale. Ivy's younger sister, Pink, later moved into the house when she was seven months pregnant. She had hoped that after three failed pregnancies, she would have a live birth, but that was not to be. She went into premature labor, gave birth to a stillborn baby, and then she died soon after. Ivy Stranahan had an exuberant, some would say no good brother, Albert, who moved in. He was a partier and a troublemaker and lived a wild life. That wild life did him in. He died after contracting tuberculosis at a party. Ivy's father, Augustus Cromarty, got sick towards the end of his life. With not many people in the house with her anymore, Ivy invited her father to come stay with her. But after arriving, he died in the guest room shortly after. Ivy Cromarty Stranahan passed away in 1971 in an upstairs bedroom at the age of 90, and according to rumor, all six of the people we just discussed still dwell inside the Stranahan house. Their souls never left, but it seems like they enjoy their residency now. Grimly, the ghost of Frank Stranahan has been seen by a few people reliving his suicide. Witnesses claim to have seen the depressed and defeated man jumping into the New River with that iron gate still tied to his ankle. It is reported, though, that most of Frank's apparitions around the house tend to be a little bit more pleasant. He often appears briefly during tours or community events. Those who have encountered Ivy's ghost describe her as a kind spirit, just as she was in life. 
She's known to look after the staff, especially if they're doing something she might consider dangerous, like climbing to the roof or going up to the attic. While Ivy remains invisible, the staff say they can feel her gentle presence, usually a cold touch on their shoulder or the smell of her favorite perfume near them. The ghost of Ivy's sister Pink and her stillborn baby stay in the parlor at the Stranahan house. Visitors have noted an unseen presence accompanied by two floating orbs of light. Albert, Ivy's brother, is still just as irresponsible in the afterlife as he was in life. He's known as the troublemaker of the Stranahan house, often knocking things over and making life difficult for the staff. It is said that Albert will warm up the room for women, but he makes it cold for the men. Hey Albert, if I'm ever at the Stranahan house in the hot summer, feel free to make it colder for me. Appreciate it, buddy. Augustus Cromartie's ghost, well, unfortunately, he's kind of described as grumpy. He's blamed for falling books and cold temperatures in the gift shop, which once was his old bedroom. I'm guessing that old Gus doesn't appreciate commerce being transacted in the room he once slept in. Is the Stranahan house haunted? Some would say yes. Others have their doubts. For a full account of these stories, I suggest you read Haunted Fort Lauderdale by John Mark Carr. Or better yet, maybe you just should book a tour of the house and check it all out for yourself. You can do that at www.stranahanhouse.org. For more information on the haunted places in South Florida, visit some of the sites that provided us information used during this episode, such as hauntedflorida.com, miamihaunts.com, or you might want to read Ghost Stories of Florida by Dan Asfar. And what about you? Have you had a South Florida supernatural experience you'd like to share? Well, write to us at talesfromsouthflorida at gmail.com or give us a call and leave a message at 754-800-3170. Tell us your story. We might use it in a future episode when we revisit the spooky side of South Florida. I'm your host, Bill Monty. Thank you for listening. Join us again the next time that we unravel more Tales from South Florida. And remember, be kind.